0: Hello, garden friends. Welcome back and happy new year. It's not exactly uh, the new year. We're pretty much way into January. And, you know, I took um, a little break from the show, but um, here we are, 2024, and time for some new shows. My vegetable beds, though, they are still on a break. Um, And that's because last summer was just absolutely brutal. Um, I didn't plant anything in the fall or even do anything um, for a winter garden. So no homegrown broccoli or kale or radishes or lettuce Um, for me, at least not um, at the moment. Not yet anyway. I really didn't give a whole lot of thought to um, planting um, kind of lately, maybe, oh uh, well, you know it was because of the holidays, but we are now finally through Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, and I feel like I have some time to start thinking about the garden and I you know i I did know that I can always just grab some transplants and plants and broccoli or kale or, you know, whatever plants I come across. Being that it's January in central Texas, we are just really now getting into our winter. And up until this past week, the winter has been um, very mild. And I heard that December was one of the warmest in Texas Um. Like in like it was like the sixth warmest December since they have been keeping track, and because it was so warm, um, a lot of plants in my backyard um, seemed pretty confused. (laughs) Like had spring weeds just popping up all over the place, and you know the warm temperatures plus the little bit of rain that we got. um, It's really no wonder that I had chickweed and dandelions um way up until you know just last week um the rainfall that we got um it was great it was nice to have um but it wasn't enough to get us out of drought conditions at least not for right now um I don't know it's always weird to me because um technically we're in a drought but it doesn't feel like a drought because it's January and it's cold but we just haven't had enough rainfall yet. And, um, you know, even though most plants and trees are resting this time of year, they're, they're gonna be dormant until springtime. If we don't get more precipitation, um, winter drought will affect our plants in the coming months. Um, here in Central Texas, winter rainfall, um, or really the lack of rain, impacts um, all spring growth which um, that kind of determines the Texas spring wildflower forecast. Um, The best wildflower displays always arrive in the spring after a mild and wet winter. And, you know, that sounds really good to me. Um, I still kind of have um, kind of trauma from (laughs) uh, winter storm Yuri back in 2021. Plus last year's ice storm, um, they were pretty miserable. So bring on a wet but mild winter. We, have, um, we had this um, multi-day freeze, hard freeze, with um, some really cold temperatures that were down into the teens. So I um, can't really say that it's been mild. We are in an El Nino year, so meteorologists are predicting a damp year with um, more precipitation than past few. Uh, I don't know how that's possible, but, um, you know, we just don't know what will come of it. Um, You know, what form it's gonna come in either, you know, rain or snow or ice, so, you know, Let's fingers crossed that we don't get any of the gross stuff for um, a long while. Um, you know, up until this bitter cold, we've been really lucky. Um temperatures um, did kind of really confuse my plants. Um, I have a whole lot of green around my backyard in the lawn. Um, also, still had a lot of perennials. And even some uh, cold tender annuals um, were still really happy. I had um, green loofah vines on my trellis and I had foot-tall zinnias up next to the house. Um, it was a little bit warmer and it, um, the, it was protected from the cold winds and we just really hadn't had that hard um, frost when we normally get it in late November. So that's that was kind of unusual to have zinnias, like little pink zinnias um, in January. But, you know, that... Uh, week long of freezing temperatures um, they are definitely dead now so um, like I said I haven't done uh, much outside for a garden but I am excited um, about starting seeds for my summer garden and I finally took the plunge and ordered some supplies to try out hydroponics inside so Um, I've been having a lot of fun shopping for seeds and supplies and seeing what's new and what I might want to add this year along with old favorites. January and February are absolutely great months for planning and preparing for planting in the spring. Plus, mid-January kicks off the gardening season and there really is quite a bit that we... um, We can actually plant outside in addition to starting seeds indoors and transplanting them later. Um, After we've gotten past the last average frost, which um, is early March for us here in Taylor and the greater Austin area. For the veggie beds outside, we can plant artichoke, asparagus crowns um, now through the end of February. We can sow Asian greens, beets, carrots, cool season greens like chard, collards, mustard, lettuce, kale, and spinach. And we can also plant turnip and radishes, English pea, both the sugar and the snap peas, leeks, and kohlrabi. Plus, we can um, start planting onion sets. If you want to get a jump on your summer crop and put out all the great warm season veggies just as soon as possible, Um, warm season veggies like tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, you are going to need to start seeds six weeks before the last average frost, which is early March here in Central Texas. And... That's going to be right around March 5th. So if we count back six weeks from March 5th, that means that uh, we need to start our new baby seedlings indoor right around now. Um, right around 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, wherever we are. Um, this is the ideal time to get these um, warm season, veggies started. And, you know, this time I was a little bit more on the ball and I researched and ordered my tomato seeds before Christmas. Um, I was really proud of myself for doing that because I usually wait until the last minute. Um, and if you're like that, or that's, that's fine um, because... We'll be fine if you aren't quite ready this week. Um, we still have time. With this cold front, um, that push through, and a dip in the temperatures again, um, it's really hard to really think about wanting to plant anything. And, you know, even though it's chilly right now, our long, hot Texas summer is not that far away. And tomatoes and peppers are slow growers, and they need some time to mature and develop fruit before that brutal heat takes over about July definitely by August so starting seeds inside is the way to go Um, it really really is um, if you're going to get have enough time to beat the heat and you know thanks to the internet ordering seeds is really easy we just have so much more easy access to varieties than uh, what you can get at like the box stores, all those chain places, they pretty much really all get the same seeds. There isn't necessarily anything wrong with those seeds. um, But you just don't have a lot of choice. I mean, they only offer like three or four kinds. Um, They might have one or two organic varieties. But if you want heirloom or organic seeds or you just want to support smaller business then you know go online go visit you know a local nursery seriously um because there are like more than 10,000 named tomato varieties from all over the world so you know check those out you don't have to just settle for whatever you know the garden center, the small little garden center at the department store has. But, you know, if you don't get around to starting indoors this year or, you know, something goes wrong with your seedlings, it's okay because you can always buy transplants. Independent local nurseries are going to have the best selection of transplants. Um, They will have the tried and true varieties that are going to do best for us in Central Texas. And they will offer some more interesting varieties, too. Um, farmers markets, um, oftentimes you can find plants for sale in the springtime. Um, you also might have a friend or two who have some extra plants and, you know, of course you can always find plants on, um, Craigslist, eBay, Facebook marketplace, Etsy, plus all the specialty plant websites. Um, you will pay, end up paying more, um, for them um, because if you have to pay for shipping um, to get the plants to you um, and you know you're paying for the weight of the soil and the packaging so you're going to end up spending a bit more but seeds really are a much better value and you know we still have time to start seeds inside and grow out some really nice seedlings Tomatoes need to be transplanted planted between early March and the end of April. If you wait until late April, though, you, you're going to run the risk of getting fewer flowers and fruits. Even though tomatoes love the hot weather, um, the plant themselves love it, but um, the pollen doesn't. And you might be getting plenty of blossoms, but the heat will degrade um, the pollen pretty quickly. Um, if the pollen's bad, um, they won't set fruit. And you know, that with the heat, um, you need to get your seeds started pretty soon. So last year I grew black semen, uh, tomatoes, uh, German pink and Kellogg's breakfast, plus all the little uh, I probably had three or four volunteers that I um, allowed to to just grow. Um, the black seaman tomato is my f- favorite for flavor. It's a dark tomato. It's not really black. It's more like a dark, dark reddish, burgundy, purple, brownish colored tomato um, that has like a green shoulder. It has green um, around the top. And this is gonna be the third year that I'm growing it. It's, it's just one of my favorites. I also planted um, Kellogg's breakfast tomato last year. Um, that was the first time growing it. And I plan to grow it again this year. Um, it didn't really well for me. It's a bright orange beefsteak tomato and it puts on these huge heavy fruits. Um, Kellogg's breakfast took a really long time to produce but once it took off i got lots of big juicy hefty bright orange tomatoes and they tasted really great too so definitely planting those again um i also planted german pink tomatoes i had high hopes for them i mean who doesn't want a pink tomato um plus the reviews for them were really good too but i didn't get as many and um I preferred the flavor of the Black Seaman and the um, Kellogg's Breakfast. So um, I'm not going to grow those again this year. Um, I'm planning to try some new ones. I can't help it. Um, Always on the lookout for um, more delicious tomatoes. And these are also supposed to be um, good for Central Texas. This year, I'm trying... Azoica, A-Z-O-Y-C-H-K-A, Azoica. Anyway, it's a um, yellow tomato, and it matures um, fairly early, in about 70 days or so. I'm also trying um, Juan Arjuna Flamme, J-A-U-N-E, Flamme, F-L-A-M-M-E, um, didn't pronounce that right, you can tell I've lived in Texas a while, um, anyway, Jeanne Flamme, I don't know, um, it's a small but really flavorful heirloom from France, um, it's more of like a salad tomato, it's a little bit bigger than a uh, cherry tomato, and it's supposed to be very, very productive. Plus, it's orange, my favorite color. And then I also impulse purchased some pink Berkeley tie dye tomato seeds. And it's supposed to be pretty tasty. And it gets its name from its pink and green stripes. So, looking forward to trying those. Now, I think I might be overly ambitious with my, uh, tomato seed purchases. Um, I don't know. I don't have an endless amount of space. Um, especially if I want to plant other things, but you know, I'm really not too worried about it. Um, you know, they have to all grow perfectly and you know, if everything goes right and I just end up with dozens of plants, you know, way, way more than I need, I'll figure it out. I mean, I can always just give them away. But, you know, there's plenty of variables and challenges, um, you know, keeping them alive inside until it's ready to be, they're ready to be transplanted. And then, of course, once they get outside, there are all kinds of other challenges. But, you know, my biggest concern this year is really more of a Julie problem um, because we... Got um, a couple kittens last summer. Um, They are about six months old now. And um, they're just really sweet and playful. Um, But they're bigger. And they are rowdy, rambunctious kitty boys. And they are into absolutely everything. And I can't keep them out of my houseplants. And they are... Um, driving me kind of crazy. So I've been kind of eyeballing this old dog crate that I have, and I'm wondering if I can put my seedlings in there and try to keep them safe. But I have no doubt that the two of them are just going to find a way to uh, f around with any of the plants that I have inside. I mean, they are orange tabbies but they are crazy. They are so sweet and we love them, but they're nuts. They are so crazy. And um, I haven't quite figured out where um, I'm going to put them. And it's like stupid situations like this where I really wish I had a greenhouse where I could keep them safe. But anyways, if you are wanting to start tomatoes inside and you are shopping for seeds um you know my best advice with all seeds is to select them wisely wisely take some time and research um have a good idea of um, what you like to grow with literally thousands of choices it is easy to get overwhelmed when you are looking online um You know, seeds don't cost that much, you know, especially when you compare it to the price of one plant. You can buy a packet of organic heirloom seeds that are really special and get 20 or 30 seeds for about the same price as you would pay for one transplant. Um, Plus, you know, once you start putting those seed packets in your uh, card, it adds up pretty fast. And it happens to me all the time. Um, you know, I've been gardening for like half my life and I still get excited looking at seed catalogs and looking online and just kind of envisioning my future garden. And I am an incredibly optimistic gardener and I will try to grow a lot of things, even against advice because, you know, it just might work out. Um, but really I have gotten better about selecting, seeds and plants um but you know I just have to indulge myself sometime and try something new um it used to be it used to be worse before before I would just buy whatever I thought looked really pretty or interesting and I never looked at the soil or the sun or the spacing requirements um and definitely did not look at the horticultural zone but you know now I take my time And I look at all those things Um, for certain crops. I also take a good hard look at days to mature and I stick closely to the planting guides and the calendar. Um, I look up the variety and I try to find um, anybody in central Texas that has um, grown them and learned about their um, experience with the variety Days for maturity is going to be really important for you, If you, especially if you get behind on starting tomato seeds or you don't get them planted early. We can transplant tomatoes until the end of April, but after that, it's kind of a gamble because of the heat. So pay attention to the days to mature. It's going to be on the websites, it's going to be on the back of the seed packets, um, a Good thing to um, remember is that the larger the tomato, the longer the days to maturity. So big, fat, juicy tomatoes, um, the big slicers, beefsteak, any of the varieties that have the name giant in it, those are going to take the longest to grow, 70, 75, 80, 85 days to mature. Those are the ones that you will want to plant as early as possible. The smaller varieties, the cherries and grape and currant and little tiny pear, um, those are considered short season types. And some take as few as 45 days to harvest. The little ping pong ball sized salad tomatoes and the medium sized ones, um, they take a little bit longer, like 60 days, Um, but these smaller ones usually put out lots and lots of fruits. And they are um, good choices if you um, miss getting them in in early March. Um, they're also um, the smaller ones are also good it, for a fall crop um, for fall planting. Um, that way you can extend your growing season into the fall. Um, so larger ones. Will take longer to grow. The smaller ones put on fruit faster. There you go. If you um, if you had trouble in the past um, with starting seeds inside, think about the conditions um, that you had last time. Did they get enough light? Was it warm enough? Were they slow to germinate because it was cold and drafty inside? Did they get leggy and then? fall over because they were growing fast and straining to get closer to the light? Were they too moist? Did they rot? Did they get enough moisture? If not, did they dry up and die? Did you adopt two orange cats and they knocked over your seed trays? Any of these are real possibilities that could happen. But, you know, just kind of think about what happened and how you can improve it and come up with ways to avoid repeating the same mistakes. If you are new to the area or just new to backyard gardening, I highly, highly recommend that you find a copy of the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Vegetable Planting Guide look for Travis County or Williamson County um, planning guides. You know, all you have to do, type that in, do a quick search on the internet, and they pop up pretty quickly. Um, And you can find them on the respective county extension office websites. And I highly recommend printing off a copy and keeping it handy for reference. I actually laminated mine because it is just so useful. And I was printing it all the time because like if it would get messed up, it's just paper. Um, so my daughter um, has a laminator, so I asked her if she would laminate a couple of copies for me and I keep one here on my desk. and I keep one at work just because I do. <laughs> it's a really, really great document. It's just a simple one-page spreadsheet that lists all the popular crops down the left side and the 12 months across the top. The crop planting windows are highlighted during the various planting times. So say you want to plant corn. So you look for corn on the list on the left, and then you run your eyes across the line and you look for the right um, planting window until you come across the perfect planting months. So for corn, you you'd learn that the best time to plant corn is March through the end of April. And if you just keep on that line for corn, you'll see that you can plant corn again in late July through early August. It is just so easy to understand, and you have it all in one place. It's really, really great. And this graph is available for Travis, Williamson, and then also Bastrop counties. If you live in another neighboring county like Bell or Milam, um, you can use the Williamson County Planning Guide. It'll, It'll work good for you, too. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Get this planning guide. And the best part of it is that it is free. My life can get pretty busy. I enjoy having a full life with work and taking care of my family and my home and my pets and my garden. It is never a dull day. But even though I don't mind our schedule, some days my energy level just does not keep up. And, you know, I also noticed that having an extra cup of coffee or two um, really was just too much of a boost. And having extra caffeine in the afternoon was wrecking my sleep, plus all the extra calories, because I add milk and sugar, and that's why I like my coffee, and I really didn't need those extra calories either. But luckily, I discovered Magic Mind, a natural alternative to coffee. Magic Mind is um, a productivity drink. It helps me reduced my caffeine intake while improving my focus and energy level thanks to a healthy blend of adaptogens and nootropics, which are nutrients that come from real ingredients like matcha and bacopa and ashwagandha and turmeric and lion's mane mushrooms In less than a week, I started feeling a real difference. My energy level evened out and no more overdoing the caffeine. It is just full of antioxidants and vitamins and other nutrients. And I feel really good both mentally and physically. So if you're looking to cut back on the caffeine and regain some focus and energy, please try Magic Mind. And if you order by the end of January, you can save 20% at checkout by using this code, PLOWHOSE20. And you can use it at www.magicmind.com. Well, we just got past our first really big um, cold front that rolled through Central Texas, um, first hard extended freeze. And fortunately, we did not get any icy snowy um, precipitation this time. The extremely cold temperatures um, you know that we got like down into the teens, they just are really contradictory to um, what everybody thinks is global warming. But meteorologists and scientists have been monitoring conditions for decades now. And the crazy cold that we've been getting here the last few years, is actually um, a response caused by temperatures warming up in the Arctic Ocean. Um, the warmer winter temperatures that we have um, throughout the year and through winter, um, it causes the weather to destabilize and um, up in the Arctic and those, the polar air. Um, ends up dipping down into the jet stream when it normally hasn't. And that totally upsets our typical weather pattern. So our winters are getting more (laughs) unpredictable while the rest of the year is getting warmer. Now, the USDA tracks and monitors temperatures and growing conditions across the U.S. And periodically, they make adjustments to the plant hardiness zone map. Uh, You know, they do this over the years, um... I think it ends up being about every 10 years or so. So I don't know if you know or not, but the USDA recently updated the plant hardiness zone map. And last December, they released the new map. And guess what? Most of the Austin area is in a completely new zone now. We went from 8B to zone 9A. Now, the map is divided into 13 zones with each zone split in half, split into two smaller zones. So, zone 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, etc. So, this means that zone A will have a lower temperature tolerance and zone B will be slightly warmer than the A half. So, for us here in Taylor and our part of Central Texas, we went from zone 8B to zone 9A. And basically that means in the last 10 years, we warmed up probably an average of five degrees. Not much, but if you look back to the historical records in the previous plant hardiness maps, um, go back to 1990 and you will see that we were in zone 8A. So that means since 1990, we are at least 10 degrees warmer than we were 30-something years ago. So you can look back at the maps and compare yourself, but it's eye-opening and concerning and kind of sobering, but what is really scary looking is the projections for the future. And I was looking at a New York Times article about the new 2023 map update And they had a comparison of the current map and the projections for 2040. And the most striking thing about the 2040 map are the changes expected in the northern zones. And they are gonna be much warmer um, than they are now. With zones three and four in the continental US, um, much smaller, those bands on the map are gonna be much more narrow. And the Great Plains um, will be getting quite a bit warmer, too. Now, that's the bread belt. That's where a whole lot of grain grain crops are grown. And so they're going to have issues with some of their crops and heat tolerance. 2040 does seem like quite a bit far away. But um, this warming trend could get worse, and it could happen a lot faster than we might realize. And to me, that's pretty concerning. Now, right now, for us here in our little part of Central Texas, the zone change isn't um, as dramatic. We just moved, you know, half a zone from nine or eight B to nine A. Zone nine A is a little bit colder in the winter. And zone 9B is just a little bit warmer. This is the difference between A and B. Um, it only is about five degrees, 10 degrees difference, depending on where you sit on the, on the map. Um, but it's just close enough to interfere with problems with, and cause problems with plant selection for um, the plants that are temperature sensitive. Oh, I got my little puppy out. She's. Playing with a water bottle. Sorry about that. But anyway, the plant hardiness zone map illustrates um, temperature data. And if you look on the back of a seed packet, most of them have um, a sowing, a planting schedule based on those zones. The warmer the zone, the earlier you can plant warm season crops. So we should expect changes over the next few years as we continue to warm up. Cold tolerant crops like broccoli, kale, and cabbage um we aren't going to enjoy as long of a growing season with those. And our warm season crops will have, um, we're going to have to put those in earlier so that we have um, time to harvest before it gets too hot in the actual summer. So what we might find is that certain varieties might become unreliable due to timing. Planting windows are going to change and days to maturity are going to be much Um, More important when selecting plants. So while we could miss out on some of our old um, reliable favorites, ones that we were used to growing, we were likely going to get to try some new varieties from warmer areas that we haven't been able to grow. Plants that didn't grow well here because um, it just wasn't warm enough, or we needed to plant them, or we will need to plant them early. Um, You know, with all this global warming and environmental stuff, I personally feel that most people should be more concerned about global warming and the impact on the environment and our natural resources Um, you know it's global it's called global for a reason because it's such a huge issue issue. it's the whole entire world not just here in central Texas and I know it's complex and complicated and overwhelming um, for a lot of people but there are real things that you can do Um, even if you think they are too small uh, to matter if we all do them um, we can make the, make things a little bit better. Um, a lot of it is just keeping yourself educated and um, committing to growing organically at home. And the other thing you can do is also vote in your local elections for lawmakers who share your concerns for the climate and environment because it is going to impact everyone. It's going to impact everybody across the United States, and it's gonna affect crops. But, um, you know, you're here um, because you enjoy plants and you're curious about growing or you wanna do a better job, or um, it's, it's a particular interest for you. So those are the things that you can really do is learn about organic gardening, practice organic gardening, um, research and select heat and drought tolerant plants, and share your knowledge with others, but also learn about your candidates and vote. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm excited to get back to the garden and talking about plants with you. So happy January, happy beginning of the year, and happy gardening.